Hey characters, Quinn here with a quick announcement. I am joining the cast of the podcast Dungeons and Dragon Types, an actual play podcast set in the world of Pokemon. I'll be playing Willow, who you heard us make in the last episode. And the first episode of season two of Dungeons and Dragon Types is out now, so please check it out! I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a, a couple, couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And today we're joined by Kurt Krenwelgi from Sidekicks and SideQuests. Did I get it right? You did. Congrats. I, li- awesome. I like the stank you put on it, too. It was nice. It was emphatic. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, yeah. gotta emphasize it. Of course. It's a very unique name. Yes. Uh, so how are you doing today? I'm doing well, all things considered. That's good to hear. Yeah, just trying to catch up on life. Um, you know, new new baby, new dad, and uh, moving, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. got a backlog of episodes I'm working on. So if you've been paying attention to my RSS feed and you're wondering why are there only episodes from March and April, it's it's because life happened, and I'm trying to catch up as quickly as I can as a one-man band can. <laughs> because... Because baby. Yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like to start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your show? Sure. Hello. So Kurt Krenwogi, the aforementioned uh, Bardic Paladin. Uh, so yeah, I've been playing D&D since uh, Halloween night 2010 when I started in 4th uh, edition. So that's where this all started. Um, Mm -hmm. I was doing a podcast with one of my guests from my show. Uh, You may have heard him, uh, Anson Jablinski. So he and I were doing kind of like a Roderick on the line or um, uh, no dumb questions style podcast where it was just slice of life and uh, us talking back and forth. Well, as all things, life happens. And so we had to put an end to that show. And so I was like, well, I really like podcasting. Uh, I'm more comfortable with editing and putting things together. And I'd like an opportunity to nerd out more um, about D&D. But I don't I don't want to do an actual play. I don't know if I have the, uh, you know, the willpower uh, to try and undertake such a thing. So it is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of time, effort, you know, a lot of stuff. So I was like, well, you know, I like. I like NPC characters, and, uh, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy, I hope, Um, but, uh, you know, I'm someone of faith, and so I was trying to think, well, how can I combine the two? So I was like, okay, well, how about I make a D&D podcast where instead of just like, oh, me, 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 it was like, well, why don't I bring the focus on other people and kind of lift up the other and... uh, and so I was like, okay, well, we'll make fun and interesting NPCs um, that anyone can put in their game, uh, you know, as is, as, you know, the write-ups on the podcast website have. Or, you know, you can tweak them to make them thematically more appropriate uh, for your game world, whether you're using the modules or the pre-written adventures or your homebrewing. Um, you have an opportunity to already have some legwork done. Obviously not to uh, take away the ability of the dungeon master and the player characters to kind of randomly improvise characters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but to just kind of, you know, make more interesting people in the world so they're not just uh, blank, faceless, gray blobs that don't <laughs> become important until one of the people is like, well, I want to go find a random shopkeeper. And then it's yeah. like, quick, uh, let me mold this clay and, and figure out what kind of shopkeeper this is. It's already done. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the sidekicks half. And then do you want to talk a little bit about the other half of the title? Oh, sure. So, yeah, with the side quests, uh, it's all part of making a character. So there's a standard set of questions, uh, you know, that anyone can find and use. Uh, obviously, I don't feel I own the questions as like, ah, yes, my genius. I came up with these brilliant questions to come up with insightful and... It's uh, my IP. Yeah, my IP. <laughs> Pay me royalties. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, no, so just some basic questions, and, and one of the questions uh, that we come up with every one of the NPCs on our show is, what's a quest, what's a side quest that you'd be willing to offer heroes, player characters, to go and do for the character? Um, so whether you're bringing a character uh, to one of my episodes, or you are basing it off of an existing property, but you're dungeons and dragifying it, or mm -hmm. um, you're rolling randomly because I have tables that you can roll for randomly. Um, that's yeah. how we come up with the side quests. And oftentimes, uh, if someone, for example, is rolling a character randomly, you know, we might get to that part. And then they're like, you know what? All the other dice rolling has gone so well. I'm already inspired uh, that I'm just going to come up with my own side quests. So, you know, it, it, yeah. it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. We've gotten. Um, some really off-the-wall side quests that certain NPCs will uh, offer, but other times it's been a great synergy uh, with the fates of the dice. Um, or just people get inspired and they think up really cool little side quests. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to I'm, I'm just trying to think. Like, for example, this um, last episode, at the time of this recording, I was able to get out uh, Hopple, the shifter mason, who's a kid, um, you know, we rolled, at first he rolled, my guest Andrew Leslie rolled uh, for the side quest, and I think in the recording I was like, no, this isn't going to work, re-roll again, and then uh, it was to catch a fox. I was like, perfect, that's something totally <laughs> that a kid would want heroes to go and do. Go catch a fox for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was fun, or um, I'm thinking my guest, uh, Kevin J. James, uh was rolling randomly for a, a Gaznor, the sailor troll pirate. Um, and it was, uh, you know, this, the side quest was to perform an impossible task. That's what it was. It was to perform an impossible <laughs> task. And I was like, well, what would that be for a troll? And then he was like, well, since we have this nautical theme for the character, and then he just kind of developed the side quest organically. And then, yeah. um, you know, we came up with the impossible task of getting to the treasure at, at the bottom of the ocean uh, without the use of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, all, all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that nice. is in uh, our repertoire of NPCs that are waiting uh, to be used in your games. I really like the idea of a kid being like, go catch a fox for me. And it's like, why? Because I'm 10 years old and I want a fox. What yeah, do you mean, I want why? a fox <laughs> and I'll give you this thing that I found that you're that you've been looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I found it. If you want it, you got to go do this thing for me. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> exactly. And I know uh, at the time of this recording, uh, y'all have already recorded an episode with me. So I'm hoping that very soon in the future, 
uh, we will get to premiere that and show off the pair of NPC characters that you were able to make. Uh, as I'm sitting here recalling to mind uh, the pair of wizards that have a missing kitty cat uh, that has to go yep. be yeah. found. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to tackle and dive into the editing of that episode and get it up and uh, available for everyone to listen to. So yeah, that one, that one was a lot of fun. Yeah, too. It, was, it was a lot of fun. We are like, oh man, we love these characters. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I wonder, well, hmm, uh, this is definitely a <laughs> Quinn question more than an Alex question, but <laughs> do we have plans for uh, the Wedded Wizards to show up in the adventures of Naboon? You know, they might. They very well might. <laughs> Good. I will. I will. I look forward wait. to meeting them again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited now. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of making a bunch of characters is you can just like pop them in wherever you want. And you're like, oh, I want somebody. Let's just plop them here. And you know, if our players are go out and encounter them, that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, because it's it's that game, or I think you were you were saying you were gearing up for another game with uh, with relatives. I think you said as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's set in the same world. Oh, um, okay. Two of my siblings and one of their friends. Oh, cool. So then it's a repeat business uh, with multiple. Oh yeah, people. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the kitty cat yeah. going missing multiple times. There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ding ding cat got out again. <laughs> Just always wants to get outside. Yep. Just like one of our cats. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so I was going to ask, uh, you know, we love characters on our show as well, and we were, we were wondering if you have a favorite character that you have played or a character that you've wanted to play but maybe haven't had the chance yet. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I, I have to go back to my OG, uh, my original character, Otto von Krieg, was the human wizard uh, that I thought up of Halloween night uh, 2010 uh, when... <laughs> My buddy Zane and all of us were uh, in in my apartment, my shared apartment with Steve and Steph, and um, yeah, we it was fourth edition, and uh, I think you know I think that night yeah we rolled up characters you know we quickly tried to pour over the players' handbook, and then before too long uh, Zane was launching us in the adventure. I'm pretty sure we met in a tavern, and then a wall exploded, and then I think <laughs> goblins started pouring in. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we had we had good adventures, and the benefit of that campaign um, was we had rotating dungeon masters. So it wasn't too long after that before I got inspired, uh, and I was able to put together my first little adventure uh, and try it out, uh, learning my lessons about railroading uh, versus sandboxing mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and uh, you know, getting mm-hmm. my taste of like, well, what makes a good adventure? What makes a good town? And interesting NPC characters and all that stuff. So I, I am quite fond of that character, uh, you know, very much like a, a an avatar of me uh, in our little yeah. game there in the Nentir Vale, loosely the Nentir Vale, um, big mutton chops, glasses, uh, <laughs> inspired by the, uh, the protagonist of the original Fable game from Xbox where... Uh, from the town of Oakvale and his uh, pa- parents were murdered by bandits. And so he went to wizard school to study up and then be able to get revenge. Um, so yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was, that was classic <laughs> tragic backstory revenge um, arc. But I, yeah. I was Very a common, lawful, yeah. but I was a lawful good character and I did worship uh, Bahamut. Um, 
So I was a good boy. I wasn't just going around being brooding and like, uh, murder, uh, revenge. But um, I do also remember the big accomplishments of my character from that whole campaign is one point we were in a dungeon and we found a bunch of old books. And I was like, well, hey, can I enchant these books um, so that if I write in one book, it duplicates in another book? And I think Zane made me roll for it, and I must have rolled really well. And he was like, all right, well, congratulations. You just invented text messaging in D&D. <laughs> and so nice. we like loaded up on all these books in our bag of holding. I wiped them all and magically anytime or and enchanted them and then anytime we were speaking to an important npc character we would just hand them like a random book and be like here hold on to this we'll we'll get in contact with you uh when we need you um and so i think i've i haven't introduced it in any of my current campaigns but it's my wish uh that i should start making magic items appear in my fifth edition homebrew where it's like uh you know Otto's uh book of messaging or something like that and you yeah. know you can just mm-hmm. write as many messages and whoever has a book that's enchanted with the same group then you know you could have a group chat uh basically in a D&D type <laughs> setting uh and then the other thing was uh there was a stone golem i think that was guarding a chasm or something and i rolled an arcana check to gain control of it and i was successful and then i renamed him Heinrich and I would attempt to get Heinrich to like bust down walls and stuff through the dungeon. <laughs> and my dungeon master Zane very creatively like made fun roadblocks so that it would take Heinrich a really long time to <laughs> get to us to help us out. So we couldn't just steamroll our way through uh, the mm-hmm. catacombs or wherever we were exploring. That is hilarious. Yep. All right. I think it's time for us to move on to some character creation. Perfect. Which, you know, we're always. That's why we're here. Yeah. So I know you'd said that you had a character idea you wanted to try out. Yeah. Would you like to tell us your character concept? Sure. So very much like 10 years ago when 4th edition came out and, uh, you know, kind of got some mixed reviews. uh, This property that I was inspired by also came out about 10 years ago and probably at the time got some mixed response, but much like looking at fourth edition now, looking at this film 10 years later, you're like, holy cow, this film is amazing. And I don't know why I don't give this film more love and uh, attention than it deserves. Um, so I, I, my character concept is a lizard folk, maybe chame- more chameleon-like, but a lizard folk bard who is on a quest to kind of find his identity you know, he's like an actor without any prompt. He's he's just kind of staggering through life. And then he kind of finds himself in this dusty Old West sort of town. And he becomes the sheriff. He embodies the role and becomes the sheriff. And then uh, through his tall tales and wild shenanigans, uh, kind of learns a little bit more about himself and ultimately rises up to the occasion to become the hero and, and save the town. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I'm talking about the movie Rango. So I thought it'd be really interesting to have like a, a lizard folk bard kind of in that same eccentric mold as Johnny Depp, uh, just kind of like get <laughs> plopped into this situation. Okay, bard actor, do your thing. Okay, just kind of rolls with it and uh, just sheer charismas his way uh, and bumbles his way <laughs> through uh, every adventure. So, you know, this this character could very well be 
uh, an interesting NPC you meet, or uh, if you wanted to use them as a player character, then go for it and and, uh, and see how it turns out. That is amazing. Yeah, we haven't seen this movie, but I've heard it's good. You've never seen my family. Rango? No, my no. family went and saw it without me. <laughs> it made me sad. Um, and then I just have never gotten around to watching it. But it is one I've wanted to watch. I challenge you to watch it. Maybe not tonight. Maybe not tomorrow night. <laughs> but at some point, you'll watch Rango and you'll be like, oh, now I understand. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got to see if we can find it with audio description. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but hopefully we'll be able to. A lot of streaming services have it. So. Yeah. All right, so do you want to roll some stats for this character? Do you want to name him Rango? Or do you want him to be a him like, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's true. Name, gender, stats, how we want to do this. Right. Um, hmm. Oh, I don't have any clicky clackies in front of me, so I would I would depend on y'all uh, if you've got... We have some dice, dice right here. We definitely got some dice here. Cool. But how can a D&D player not have dice right there at all times? <laughs> right. Well, when you move and you have stuff in storage, uh, just stuff's all scattered. Everywhere. We understand when we moved and had a bunch of stuff in storage. For and our, our furniture didn't arrive for a week, so we we slept on the floor for two nights, but then we, we were planning on buying a bed when we moved here anyway, so we were like, oh, good, we finally bought a bed. Yes. <laughs> nice. We did have a bed and, like, not really anything else. <laughs> we had two lawn chairs and a bed. And yeah, that was and our I furniture. mean the stuff that I'd packed in the car. Yeah, but yeah, that was well. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, so to help help us get back on track and to answer these questions, I think I think I think he's fine. I think him's fine. I'm cool with that. Right. Sounds good. Um, the interesting fact is that technically, when the movie starts, our our protagonist doesn't actually have a name, and then mm, he doesn't okay. he he names himself on a whim. Um, uh. To, trying to help explain the movie without giving it away but essentially he's in a bar and they're like he's t- he's painting this wildly vivid tall tale and like everyone's hanging on his word and they're just like well well what is your name and he looks over at a bottle and it's you know in spanish it says like uh hensho and uh mexico uh, uh durango but the dur okay. the, the du is covered up and so rango's just left and so then he goes <laughs> And then everyone's like, "Ooh, so you're so you're Rango." So I'm I'm wondering if in our situation, um, maybe he I love maybe he doesn't yeah. have a name until him what encountering a, something. Yeah, him encountering something, seeing some bit of writing, and then he just on the spur of the moment just kind of sells like, "That's my name." So I think they refer to him as like the nameless one until like that point in the script where he seizes upon the idea of calling himself Rango. Yes, I love the idea of him just randomly seeing something out and about, like he's telling the story, whatever, and he sees like lamppost and he's like, my name is Ampo or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or he, he he sees like a, you know. Like a street sign or something. Street sign. Um, oh yeah, it also kind of depends on the... Um, uh, the literacy of the society, I suppose. So if a lot of your mm. businesses are just pictures, but maybe he sees like a notice board and like there's like, you know, some big bold text written. And so he 
sees a small portion of it. He's like, ah, that's my name for whatever, whatever identity that that I'm going with here. Um, Yes. Not that you find really too many Wild West settings in a medieval fantasy type setting. So, um, I mean, I'm sure people do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure they do it too, but it would be, yeah, it'd be funny to, you know, spurs and chaps and six gun shooters (laughs) and all that stuff. Might be more of a boot hill thing, but or yeah, just it. love the idea of him just strolling into town and everyone's like, "Ooh, somebody new, somebody different." Like, "Ooh, who are you? <laughs> Who's this?" Right? Because I th- in the in the movie, uh, you know, he starts off in a. You said it in a desert, right? Well, yeah, the movie takes place in a desert outside of Las Vegas, but like on the smaller, like animal level in a wild west oh, town. Okay. Um, but he starts off in like a glass terrarium, basically in the back of <laughs> someone's car, and then okay. Oh, okay. car accident, he falls out, and he's having to adapt and change, uh, you know, because he's oh. a chameleon. He like bunches up. Oh, the hot sun <laughs> molts real fast, and then he's like, okay, now I'm good. Uh, <laughs> and then so he's, you know, he has a series of hijinks even before he gets to town because he's like he's confronted with the wilderness and he's trying to just you know, not get eaten or not, you know, burn up in the yeah. sun. Um, so, yeah, I imagine it, it. it's probably been some ordeal of this actor type just trying to make it to town uh, before yeah. he's, like, concocted this whole story persona of whoever he's going to be to these people. So I had a character once that every time someone would ask him what happened to his parents, he would make up a new lie. And I'm kind of getting that kind of vibe from our Rango character here, where it's like, you know, they ask it, well, what have you been doing before you got here? And they just make something up. And then next time someone asks them, they're like, oh, I'll, you know, make, make something else up, you know. <laughs> was this Griffo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, funny. I was like, well, he was a bard. He's really good at lying. And he didn't want to talk about what actually happened to his parents. So he just lied every time and thought it was funny to make it up so like if they were like on a boat he'd be like oh they drown at sea or you know if you know he would like use the setting to make up his lie i see okay yeah i I don't know if our rango necessarily is a mostly deceptive uh he's just he's trying to search for that identity and some sort of persona that's going to stick at first he's thinking you know because he needs that uh, external validation of like, ah, yes, I'm this character. Um, but then mm-hmm. once he has his meeting with the spirit of the West, who's uh, personified by a Clint Eastwood type character <laughs> telling him, no, you just mm-hmm. need to be you and, mm-hmm. you know, be yourself and then mm-hmm. you know, go, go help those people out and go be the hero. Don't try yeah. and like be this like fanciful, uh, egotistical sort of picture of what you think you need to be, but just, just be yourself. And then, okay. then he saves the day at the end of the movie. So, but Oh my gosh, I never would have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quinn, do you want to roll some stats for this character? Yeah, I also had a couple, like, background possibilities that I feel like might work. Okay. okay. It's like charlatan seems like it might fit, or entertainer, or faceless from Baldur's Gate. Oh, I'm not familiar with the faceless thing. What's that? So the faceless one is that, like, basically whoever you are originally, you're like, I can't be a hero. So for whatever reason that you have, like, you can't be a hero as yourself. So you 
put on a persona in order to go off and do these things and then most people know you as your persona so then you've got like this like dual thing going on where like most people know you as this other person but then there's like this inside person that's like different so it's almost like a clark kent superman thing but not quite to that extreme right yeah and search for identity i don't know i don't know if it's that necessarily kind of a background Mm -hmm. for our for for simplicity's sake rango we could just go with rango for the time being as we're discussing Mm -hmm. him but you know however this character gets deployed in a game uh, you know it's mm-hmm. situational as to what the name of the character is going to truly be um, mm-hmm. but yeah background entertainer yeah I like um, especially throughout the movie it, you know it's Johnny Depp doing very well being uh, sort right. of that Jack Sparrowy eccentric sort of oh I'm you know I'm, I'm being entertaining and theatrical so yeah uh, I think I think entertainer works best because it affords uh, the most flexibility. Whereas, mm-hmm. like you know, his uh, his sheriff per job that he gets, you know, that would be like oh, folk hero. But in actuality, no entertainer. I think would fit a little bit better. Yeah, sounds good. So, is he more of an actor or a storyteller? I I mean, he's definitely both. He does mm-hmm. act, um, but I guess if you had to, you know weight them i think storyteller i think would be the better one just because like he's so quick uh as far as like piecing something together telling taller and bigger tales and these people are just eating out of his hand you know his thing about like i killed the jenkins brothers with one bullet all seven of them yep and then like (laughs) in that bar scene he's describing like okay the bullet goes here gets the first one it ricochets off and then goes here and gets the second and the third one (laughs) And then he like keeps adding on the story and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe that whole thing happened. (laughs) So yeah, exactly. I think storyteller is the the kind of bard uh, that he is. Okay. So for the entertainer, we get a type of musical instrument. Is there an instrument that he plays in the movie or no? Hmm. That is a great question. I mean, old Wes, I'm, I immediately think harmonica. Uh, that's just me <laughs> oh now I'm thinking of uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and because uh, there was a character in that whose name was they just called him Harmonica because he, he carried a harmonica <laughs> that's a great movie if you've never seen it Once Upon a Time in the West A plus um, uh, but let's see I know in the beginning of the movie he's attached to the only objects he's really he, he starts off the movie wearing like a, a, a red floral Hawaiian shirt for a little chameleon <laughs> lizard body. Um, and then he has like a mannequin torso with one arm. And then there's like a, like a wind up fish toy that he has. And so the <laughs> only type of musical instruments that I could think that would be close to that is if he had a hurdy gurdy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if he just had like this weird sort of mechanical device that yeah. he cranked and it like, you know, it made music. I think so. Almost like a music bus, but yeah, hurdy gurdy is that thing as well. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of looks like a violin, but you crank it on the side, and Mm -hmm. you know you. I love it. I love. We're going hurdy gurdy (laughs) all the way. Nice. It's very good. Okay, loving it. Now I will roll some stats. I know Alex is like, "Come on, I need some stats. I need to know what to do with this." Numbers. numbers. (laughs) All right. So, do we want to do it in order, or do you want to? Take the numbers and assign them how you want. 
Oh, I think we got to assign them where we want. I know I was thinking about this. I was like, charisma's definitely got to be the highest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, we could for the other ones just kind of like whatever, but. Right. I, uh, the, yeah. the two that I know for sure is like charisma. He's he's just a force of charisma. And then yeah. dexterity is the next one because he's very, you know, he has to bumble his way through situations without, you know, being in danger. And probably mm-hmm. like things like strength and wisdom and intelligence, you know, I don't imagine those being very high. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got 14, a six. Oh, boy. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I can't wait to see how weak he is. Another 14, a 10. Nope, that's an 11. We were to believe you either way. A 12. And this one's a 10. Okay. So we got a 14 in charisma. Yep, probably a 14 in dexterity. Yeah. And then do we want to do a 6 in strength? Yeah. This weak little yeah. stick leg. Because he's, he's got pretty, like, tiny little limbs that are... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a crick, a crick in his neck, if you see the uh, the artwork there for Rango. <laughs> yeah. He is definitely a very tiny chameleon lizard person. <laughs> yeah. And then, do we think Khan should be 12? I mean, he is a lizard He survives man. in the desert. He survives in the desert, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, definitely one of the very funniest early gags in the movie is, like, him desperately trying to get water because he's not quite used to it. But then after mm-hmm. a while, he's like, "Okay, now I'm now I'm adapted to this uh, to this new <laughs> landscape." Okay. And then for int and wisdom, we got eleven and ten. Which one? It doesn't matter too much, but which one are you thinking for each? I feel like the slight edge to intelligence than than wisdom, uh, because they're I think to you know to 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 the point of his bumbling and zany antics. Um, I don't think he's necessarily as wise as he is intelligent um okay because as time goes on you know he's able to help formulate the plan uh to kind of save the day um but there are several occasions where he misreads a situation um you know he mistakes a bunch of mole uh bank robbers for prospectors um so that's definitely (laughs) kind of like a lower wisdom kind of a thing like yeah yeah oh you were trying to rob the bank and then they like told you a story about them being prospecting like for water or something like oh okay sure here's your you're gonna need your permit and so he like writes up this stuff and (laughs) gives them a bunch of like pickaxes and tools and stuff like that even though they're (laughs) they're moles and and uh, they can just dig naturally themselves yeah yeah (laughs) nice i really hope i'm doing a good job of selling the movie so uh, i mean i think i think you're selling it to me okay i want i want to watch it sounds pretty we're gonna find an article later of like there was a spike in Rango viewings on Netflix <laughs> and Paramount Plus, we don't know where this came from, but you know, if if that happens, I would be I would feel honored to know that I was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then because of our background, the two um, he gets he's proficient in disguise kit, which oh, I wait. love. Yep, yeah, there is a part mm-hmm. where they uh they infiltrate uh the moles. Uh, because they believe they've stolen water. Uh, and so mm. they pretend to be a theatrical troupe. And so, like, the posse <laughs> shows up, and they're they're being minstrels, and they're like, oh, our traveling show! And, and so then they're, like, distracting the moles, and then they wait for them to say, uh, 
like they're pretending like oh he forgets a line and he's like uh what's the line and then one of the moles offers up like reach for the sky and then everyone busts out their guns and they're like ha we got you uh <laughs> and then all the and then there's a whole bunch more moles so like my example of like 50 goblins show up and then they're yeah. like yeah. oh okay we need to yeah we need to leave so yeah yeah so yeah, so he gets that, and then acrobatics and performance. Okay. Which yep. makes sense, makes sense. Um, and then we get to for skills, we get to choose any three that we want. Yep. Because that's how bards. Do. That's how bards do. That's true. I don't know. Start throwing some skills out at me, and I'll and I'll I'll. All right, say. not athletics. We've got no. acrobatics. Yep. Maybe I, stealth. I like stealth. Yes, stealth because he is. You know if. I know there's no official chameleon uh, lizard yeah. man right. subrace, um, but I know probably somewhere out there on the internet, someone's homebrewed uh, a chameleon mm-hmm. type, or, or I'm sure you can borrow aspects from other things to kind of rule it. But yeah, I think stealth yeah. would make sense as far as like, you know, because he, he tries to chameleon blend in uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, to comical effect in certain mm-hmm. uh, moments <laughs> in the movie. So yeah. Stealth would be one for sure. Um, blanking. I'm forgetting every skill ever. <laughs> well, I don't think he really has any of the intelligence ones, based on what I've heard from your description of the movie. It doesn't sound like he's got a lot of like education in nature, history, religion, any of that stuff. Hmm. Um, maybe investigation would be the only one I would maybe say. We also get like there's perception, animal handling. Um, survival. I Those feel like some insight. Survival, I think, would work. I was thinking survival too, because mm-hmm. like he figures out how to survive. Like that's true, right? And then animal handling, I think, would be good because okay, in the world of Rango, and this happens sometimes in in uh, projects that have anthropomorphic animals. It's like a lot. There's a lot of anthropomorphic animals that exist, but then there are just some animals that are just animals, um, like a dog. Like, there's Goofy, but then there's Pluto. Right. Yeah, that one weirds me out. Uh, <laughs> Not really weirds me out as, like, it doesn't actually weird me out. Mm. It just is weird. <laughs> right. So in the world of Rango, you have, like, because I'm pretty sure there is, like. Like, horses? No, there's no horses. Those would be way too big. Oh, that's um, true. Cause cause we're, we're well, like, I wasn't sure if they were, like, mini, teeny, tiny, like. So there's, like. It could have been. Small, I don't know. There's, like, small, like, javelina hogs. So there's, okay. like, javelinas. Um, but I'm, but I'm, cause there's one that pulls the wagon with the water that that's a part of a big climactic Canyon chase scene. But also I think in the bar scene, you meet like a blacksmith kind of character that also looks like a javelina. So that, that, that I might have to go back and look at again. Um, but then road runners. Oh road my runners. gosh. I just looked him up and they're so cute. Uh, and then the, the road runners serve as the horses. Uh, if you okay. will. Okay. Uh, and then and there's so those bats, are like, and then bats are flying mounts uh, that the mole okay. people use in the, in the <laughs> okay. movie. And these are like not, they're just mounts. They're not really people, right? Exactly. I was going to say, I feel like you could reskin if you wanted to make him more of a chameleon. If you look at some like the changeling features. That's and maybe, what I was thinking. Like try to change a little bit. So it's like not necessarily that he can look like anyone, but he can look like any surface or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. I was thinking if we did like, because I don't think like the lizard folk stuff like necessarily fits, but I think the changeling stuff fits. 
a lot better because they also get like a charisma boost. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that would feed into the whole narrative question of identity, especially if this. So you so you're proposing instead of lizard men like reskinning it to just be a changeling basically who comes into town and is like ah well this is the persona that I am well no he is a lizard guy oh I, but I we're see, gonna but give the, him some stats yeah we're we gonna go. give yeah, him could, some features we're kind of, of the changeling we're just like homebrewing on the fly here yeah ah I see <laughs> we're doing it live we're uh, we're, yeah. we're doing it live okay so, all right that's cool I dig what other um so we increase our charisma by two what um, other ability score should we increase by one? We can make intelligence a little better, or we can make another thing odd. Because everything else is even. I mean, charisma Kurt has really emphasized here, so I was thinking we could maybe bump that up to fifteen. You can't choose. Oh, you can't choose the, the same. same one. Oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, good point. Sorry, that's my mistake. But I, I, <laughs> I mean, agree it does go you. up to sixteen, which is fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um. Hmm. You can maybe throw the extra point in Dex or um, or yeah. maybe Wisdom again. I like. Let's go Dex. Let's go Dex. Because you can. There's there's a decent amount of feats that give plus one to Dex. So if you want to like get fancy and take a feat, sure. you can maybe get it up to sixteen. Right. Because I feel like there's got to be like you could like again you could reskin crossbow expert as like uh, you know having guns instead of crossbows. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if that actually gives a plus one to Dex, but here's a crazy <laughs> image from the from the film: uh, mm-hmm. flying bat mounts with Gatling guns on them. <laughs> like the mole people are flying through the air, they're playing, they're drinking moonshine and playing banjo versions of uh, Ride of the Valkyries, while these guys are sitting on the bats, going shooting Gatling guns. It's it's amazing. I'm telling you, this movie is woefully like woefully lacking the major audience and fandom that it needs underappreciated underappreciated for <laughs> sure that is so funny yeah so we'll we'll make like the shape changer instead of that feature like more like a skin changer like he can make his you know like skin look like something else you know mm-hmm. chameleon like yeah exactly and then then does that mean he still has his uh, uh like a like a tongue strike Thing that he can do then yeah why not sure that's a thing chameleons can do right oh yeah I mean, it's crazy yeah, they, they stick their tongues out really far and yeah. like catch like bugs and yeah. such oh i think yeah i think smarter every day did a really good chameleon video it's like i don't know i feel like it's cartilage or it's a bone thing that's on their tongue so when they shoot it out and it like sticks on something and then like you know pulls it in like it's it's heavy duty legit as far as how chameleon that is work. kind of cool and horrifying at the same time. Right, right. So yeah, I, I was gonna stop at cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's uh, you know, it's a ranged it's a ranged kind of attack, probably like I don't know, like ten feet or something like and that. That's kinda of what I was thinking. It was like a ten foot kind mm-hmm. of thing. I like that. So he's able yeah. to easily snatch bugs out of the air, no problem. And if he's gonna attack someone, I guess it can be just like a very quick Maybe it's a strike and it pulls him closer, or it's just like a he's just gonna hit him like for like one d six damage or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be yeah, kind of cool. Like good. pull him in closer, but him he'd probably be like, no, don't come in closer. Yeah, I think you could choose to like smack somebody and pull them. Yeah, maybe we could do a you may pull them. Yeah, or something. Or, yeah, or or maybe they have to like do a check. Oh right, to see if they mm-hmm. get stuck or save to see if they get <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a. 
Yeah, I'm just remembering an image of him in like Western getup, and these three troublemakers are like, "All right, we're gonna duel you in the street." And so he like he's walking up, and the buzz a bug buzzes in front of his face, and he goes, and he like gets the bug, pulls it up to his face, and he has to like crunch it in as he's like eating it and stealing his gaze, getting ready for a for a duel. So all right, this is this is fun. This is good stuff. I'm enjoying it. Rango. I really now I need to watch this movie just to hear the banjo version of Ride of the Valkyrie. That's what I'm like. <laughs> and I, I want to hear this. A very cute mariachi group of burrowing owls in mariachi oh. regalia, and they kind of serve oh. as like the Greek chorus uh, for the film. So they're <laughs> that... they're playing mariachi music oh. and they're singing about our protagonist. But the singer is like insistent that like, but the hero is about to die. Though he doesn't know it, he is about to die. <laughs> so he's always going on and on about how this guy's gonna die, but he never dies. Uh, yeah, but it's that's it's very, very funny. funny. I'm telling you, it's good. Another important question: Which bard college do you think that Rango? That's what I was gonna say. To what is he be? going to once he reaches level three? Because right now I think he's level one. Oh sure, mm-hmm. for sure. But um, where's where is he gonna end up? Yeah, there's a lot of bard colleges now, aren't there? There are a lot of bard colleges. Yeah. What are they? So, Do you of, a list, Gwen? I have a list of right. the published ones. There's Creation, Eloquence, Glamour, Lore, Spirits, which is from the Guide to Ravenloft that yep. just came out not that long ago. Okay. Swords, Valor, and Whispers. Eloquence and Valor seem just on the name seem to stand out, but what's what's the difference? Glamour is also kind of about like performing really well yeah so that might might be good too valor is more like you're up fighting oh i think and yeah so i think that one's from the player's handbook and then what was the other one creation there's eloquence i heard oh eloquence yeah eloquence and glamour i think might be really good fits for him eloquence is about like basically like silver tongue like you're really good at talking to people and then glamour is all about like you're really good at performing, and you can inspire, you can kind of captivate people with your performances. Mm. Yeah, man, either either one of those are good. Um, yeah, it I really like... like the enthralling performance aspect um, that you get at level three for the College of Glamour. I feel like might be a good fit. Okay, you know. Okay, yeah, I can see that glamour. You know, he's caught up in his own tall tale and stories yeah. of adventure and stuff like that, that everyone else is literally getting inspired and, and drawn in and and, uh, mm-hmm. and raptured in the in the tale. Awesome. All right. And then I guess one one last question is, do you have any like spells that you think that would be really good for him? He starts off with two cantrips and four spells. Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, I was just, like, all about watching Rango clips. I didn't actually sit down and do any bard homework. <laughs> oh, to oh this no, out. it's fine. It was just if you had anything. <sighs> you can also think about it and shoot it back to us later, and we can put it on his character sheet. Okay. Like, Charm Person might be good. That's a bard spell. Yeah. Just thinking from the story. But it's fine. Yeah, it's, the spells are less important, I think, you know. Yeah. They're just extra flavor, but if you look at the bird spell list at some point and you're like, oh, this one would be great, you can let us know. Oh, I was sure he I was it. seeing if I could pull something up very quickly and oh, kind okay. of like Rango bluff my way through and talk about how oh, Rango is good. super good with these uh, particular spells. <laughs> oh, let's see. Friends? Probably friends. 
I think Friends would be a good one. That's a okay can trip. Um, do, do, do. Minor Illusion, maybe Prestidigitation. Boy, that's can trips. Uh, yeah, Minor Illusion or Prestidigitation. I, I think, think Prestidigitation. I feel like Prestidigitation fits, fits better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do do do. Oh, Animal Friendship. Oh yeah, there we go. And uh, oh, and so four first level spells. Yep. Yeah, like something like Animal Friendship, probably Charming Person. You already, well, Disguise Self would probably work too. Yeah. Um, and Heroism. Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, nice. I love it. He knows no, none of his spells are for attacking. Amazing. Yep. <laughs> That's what he says his uh, gun's for. That's what the gun's <laughs> for. Because I definitely, I say yes, he can have a gun. Like, because he... <laughs> You get a, a like a weapon, and only like, one yeah. bullet. He does it too. Like that's the point of the film. Like that one, that one bullet thing. Like it keeps coming back up in the movie. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Is there anything else we need to say about Rango or choose? Hmm. Asking either of you. I don't know. Um, I think that's. I mean, it seems good. I think. I think we've we've summed him up pretty good. I feel like this is a bar just waiting to walk on the stage of someone's D&D game. For mm-hmm. sure, for sure. <laughs> I'm waiting for the person bold enough on a, an actual play uh, to be like, oh, yes, I have this uh, lizard folk bard that <laughs> shows up with a hurdy-gurdy and a six-shooter. <laughs> he only has one bullet. That's all he needs. <laughs> yeah, he'll talk his way out of anything. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he only needs the one bullet. He's yep. not going to use it. <laughs> How big is a hurdy-gurdy? Is it, like, handheld? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, It's handheld. It's, yeah. it's, like, I would say, like, between ukulele and guitar size. Okay, sounds good, then. I, for some reason, was making it way bigger in my head, and I was like, how is like this thing carrying around? Like a tuba or something it? like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be very funny. <laughs> the hurdy-gurdy, mechanical string instrument that produces sound by a hand crank turned rosined wheel rubbing against the strings all right there you go that's just a fun little little taste for you listeners at home (laughs) you which you too can read on your computer and wikipedia (laughs) yes (laughs) all right well thank you so much for coming on our show today it was a lot of fun talking to you and making this rango inspired bard Mm mm-hmm and have one last question for you. Of course. Where can people find you and more information about sidekicks and side quests? Oh, thank you so much. Yes. So the website is sidekicksandsidequests.com. Uh, all of that typed out, lowercase, no spaces or anything like that. Hopefully it's going to be one of the first things that pops up uh, whenever <laughs> you do a Google search. Uh, I know you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast. Um, and I'm trying to do better about, uh, you know, I think uh, Good Pods and Podchaser, I think, was the latest thing that I really uh, went after as far as like, oh, here's information about the show. But Spotify, too. Got to, you know, yeah. everyone likes Spotify and Apple. Um, so those are the players uh, or, you know, or save the RSS feed and use the app that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the website, yeah. sidekicksandsidequest.com, uh, it's where you're going to find all the episodes. You're going to find guest info. You're going to find all the blog posts, which are called write-ups. So if you ever want or need to use our NPCs and use them as is or change them up a bit, that's where you're going to find all the details. So maybe you can skip having to listen to the entire episode or 
I would appreciate <laughs> if you did listen to the entire episode. So then you have that context. Cause of course, like your show, we have a random encounter in every episode of sidekicks and side quests. So you actually get to hear uh, the characters come to life. So you have a better idea of, of how they're used. Um, sidekicks and side quests can be found on Facebook and Twitter you, and Reddit. Uh, if you search for side K as in kilo Q as in Quebec uh, side KQ podcast is what you have to type in and you'll find it on Facebook, Twitter and Reddit. Um, and I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I would love for y'all to listen, to join the community. Um, you know, cause of course you have to stay tuned, uh, for the, a couple of characters episode to yeah. appear of the wedded <laughs> wizards and their side quest mm-hmm. of the missing kitty cat. Um, <laughs> uh, trying to, you know, give a nice juicy teaser of it. Um, but yeah, I would yes. love you to, you know, hang out on Twitter and Facebook and, and Reddit, all those good places, get us on a podcast app and start listening away. And I promise uh, that I will catch up on the backlog and we're gearing up the schedule here to start recording new episodes as well. So stay tuned. Awesome. We've got a lot of good stuff coming down the road. All right. Well, thanks, Kurt, for joining us. Thank you. Have a great one. You too. You too. You can find more information about our show at a couple of com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character? Email us at a couple of pod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, giving us a five-star review will really help us out, and you can also tell a friend about our show. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search ACOC Podcast. Finally, you can support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC Podcast, and any purchase that you make there will help out our show. You can find me on Twitter at AlexonWinterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NotADrQuim. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. Boom. (laughs) Got in one. Minions. Minions are cool. Bring minions back. Hashtag bring minions back. (laughs) And then we're going to start getting all these DreamWorks uh, advertisements. uh. I was just going to (laughs) say. Rango. Rango.